What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down 105.4, and that is incorrect because I had it wrong, and I'm looking at the old one, and it was not 105. 115? 120? I can't remember. It's point four, whatever it is. Something point four. <laughs> something point four. One one something point four. Um, but we're continuing our playthrough of Yakuza Like a Dragon. Today I have with me Matt. Hello. And yeah, um, we took a week off to grind, and boy, did we need to, because um, the the fight coming up in chapter twelve, we, we left off halfway through chapter eleven. And the fight in chapter 12 is very difficult. <laughs> yeah, I am I, not opposed to some grinding, but I was not expecting to have to grind, I think, more than 50% of all experience I've gained in this game was just grinding for that one fight. Holy crap. Which is insane. I mean, I, I put on 15 levels of grinding. Yeah, see, I didn't do that much. Um, you beat that fight at what level fifty? Fifty-six. Fifty-six. You beat the chapter twelve <laughs> boss fight at level fifty-six. Yeah, it turns out it wasn't that hard when you level up that much. No kidding. I beat it at forty-six, <laughs> <laughs> and it was hard. <laughs> what was it? Forty-two. I think you said forty-six. So I'm like, I need a buffer. I grinded to forty-eight and got. Slapped around pretty hard. Like I was. So you attempted the fight. I attempt. I, yeah, I went through and I played. I fought the fight three times at level forty-eight, and didn't necessarily come all that close at any given attempt. So mm -hmm. I said, "All right, I need to go to at least fifty-two or fifty-three." And then, in the process of doing that, I'm like, "Oh, I'm not that far away from beating the arena. Oh, now I'm not that far away from getting this next upgrade." So, I kept going a little bit further than I felt like I needed to to round out all of the weapons and everything else that I wanted to get to be as ready as possible for the fight. Right. Right. So it was it took a long time. I think currently I'm just over 40 hours in this game. I don't even know how much time I got into it. The, the problem is is I think I left it on while doing stuff around the house. So I don't know if it's an accurate representation. Um, I should have probably stopped it, but I I just didn't. I just paused it. Um, but um, yeah. So we left off. We were going to go meet Rio Alki, the the governor. Um, he invited us to uh, meet with him. He recognized Kasuga, and he's like, "Meet me at the uh, the soap land where you work, and we'll have a discussion." But come along. So we decided to go alone, but our friends say, well, you, we're going to be real close. So whatever you do, we still got you back. And we go meet with the young master. We go, we go meet with uh, the, the young Arakawa. And um, what's that? Sumi, right? Masumi, yeah. Masumi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Masumi. That's what his original name was. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he, he basically kind of comes clean. He's like, yep, 
Uh, I am who you think I am. And um, one thing you don't know is that uh, that night on New Year's Eve when you took the fall for um, Shashiro, um, it actually wasn't Shashiro that killed that man. Uh, because the night that uh, we left the uh, the hostess club, I was the one who shot the man and killed him. So you actually took the fall from me. And so they, they make the, a big deal about this, like, oh, you didn't do this for the family. But if this was Arakawa's son, how is this any less relevant a reason to go to prison? Um. It it really isn't, especially it's not for, for family. But it but it's for Arakawa, who's the boss, regardless. Yeah. And you know, and even Masumi's in the family, so I, they made kind of a big deal about like, oh, you got played because he wasn't even the one that did the killing. I'm like, well, if anything, this is more of a reason. Sure, but so Rio Aoki was never part of the Yakuza. He was the son of a Yakuza boss, but he he wasn't part of the family itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I think I think people look at it like that. I don't know how the Yakuza works exactly, but they may separate their family, their actual family, from the family. Um, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, so basically, Kasuga went to prison for him, and. He tells him to, um, basically he's like, I'm going to let you, he's like, so what do you, what do you want to do now? And he's like, well, I'm going to do what I want to do and you need to back off and you need to leave and I don't want to see you again. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm not going to do that because somebody has to pay for my boss getting killed and you obviously have a hand in it. And he's like, well, I don't know what to tell you, but if you don't leave, I'm going to have you killed, <laughs> basically. Uh, which is wild, because, you know, especially after just revealing that he went to prison for him. So, my first thought was, wow, this is like the least grateful you could be for someone taking the fall for you. But on the other hand, I'm like, maybe this is him being grateful and like the fact that he didn't kill him immediately, maybe that's his you know, maybe that's what he's getting out of it. Maybe that's the leniency exactly. he gives him. Yeah. So, um he he leaves and while we're getting ready to leave, uh the Omi Alliance comes in and is like, Yeah, we're gonna kill you. <laughs> So luckily, um, uh, the crew shows up, and uh, we run through the back alleys. We have a boss. I, I would say it's a boss fight, or maybe it's considered a mini boss fight with a, a kind of like a a top lieutenant in the Omi Alliance. But um, didn't have any issues here. So th the only order of business that we have now is to make our way to the Omi Alliance headquarters. 
because we know that Rio Alki's working with them and they've got some kind of agreement going on. Like you got the legit side and you got the, the, the corrupt side and they're working in unison together. So we got to get some answers. And the only way we can get answers is by going to Arakawa. Luckily we have a, 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 um, a feather in our cap because Ichiban's old friend back before he went to prison. Um, and for the life of me, I can't remember this guy's name, his, his anarchy, Mitsuo. 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 He has contacted us. We, we forgot to mention that in the last episode. So sorry. Mitsuo shows back up and tells him, Hey, I can get you in and have you talk to Arakawa, but you have to do it on my terms. We can't just go in there guns blazing. I love this as one of, um, you know, the most Ichiban things to do ever when he just like shows up early. Yeah. So we have to go to Sotenbori, go back to Sotenbori. And, uh, they're like, well, we're a day early. Let's just hang out. And he's just going nuts. They're sitting at like a hostess club and they're like, or a cabaret club. And there's like, dude, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to go. And he wants to leave the crew and the crew's like, nah, you ain't going without us. That's like a suicide mission. So we go to the Oni headquarters and uh, we're going to sneak in pretending to be the, the, apparently they have like a banquet happening or some, some kind of big meeting. They're having like a bunch of people bring in food and stuff like that. So we're going to pretend to be them. Although we don't dress up like anybody. We just, we're walking around like we, like we got a homeless dude and we got this, this what looks like a businesswoman. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're legit. We're carrying boxes. See? And in this part, we have to sneak, kinda. Um, I I never got a a game over, but if you get caught, you can fight the guy. But they keep pressuring. I I got caught twice, and I think if I got caught one more time, it would it would tell me to start over. It happened to me once. So you you start you start at the beginning of that area if you get caught a third time. Gotcha. Um. Well, we had to sneak in. Um. And we finally make it to the top and the the guards there are like, ho, ho, who are you? And we're like, we're just delivering some stuff. It's like, no, no, you know, you're a Yakuza. Yeah, we can tell you're Yakuza. What's your name? And he's like, my name's Ichiban Kasuga. And he's in Namba's like, could you use like a fake name? Why, why, why? Uh, it's too late now. And, yeah. And he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm all in on this. And of course they're like, oh, you're the guy that the boss shot. So why are you here? <laughs> and so we have to fight them. And, uh, we make our way up the stairs, but we're stopped. We're stopped by two very familiar faces. If you've played a Yakuza game before, you will be very familiar with these people. These were top Tojo clan officers. Now part of the army Alliance. None other than Goro Majima. And Taiga Sajima. Can we call them what? Like living legends? The living legends. The, the, uh, what is it? The, the mad dog of Shimada? Is that what it is? Shimada? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think, uh, Sajima has a nickname. <laughs> and his sworn brother. And so they're going to stop us. Two things. One, 
hearing these guys in English does not make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when Majima gets a little bit whiny. Yeah. When it makes no- you, you ruined my big like my big reveal. I was supposed to be, you know, coming in with all this bravado. And he's like, Why why are you gotta play me like that? Yeah. So I had to look it up. Um and uh Matthew Mercer is the voice of Majima. Um, if you're familiar with Matthew Mercer, he does the uh voice of Cassidy Cole in Overwatch, formerly uh Jesse McCree, the cowboy. And he is also the DM of Critical Role. Oh, nice. Yep. Um, and then I don't know who plays Sajima. But um, I recognize the voice. I was like, that voice sounds really familiar. It's no, it's not Mark Hamill. So, sorry. Anybody out there who, who remembers Yakuza 1 on the PlayStation 2, Majima was played by Mark Hamill. And he was doing... Everything he could to not do a Joker voice, but it definitely sounded like the Joker. Um, I don't think I've ever actually like listened to that. There's got to be YouTube clips, right? Oh, oh yeah, 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 definitely. I don't think I ever did, but I do want to listen to that. Yeah, no, it, it's it's straight up the Joker. But um, yeah, so now we have our 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 difficulty spike. The boss fight to end all boss fights. We have to fight one that was worthwhile, right? If I got to fight somebody a few times, I'm glad it was them. Yeah, not just like a giant Roomba or (laughs) you know, or a backhoe or something. I would have been kind of annoyed if like you're just making me fight a backhoe now, and it you know it's so difficult I can't progress. Exactly, but uh, yeah. So first. The first part of the fight, we had just had to fight Majima. And um, he has his little tricks. He does the, the doppelganger thing. Um, all his special tricks, using his knife, cutting people up. And tons of status effects. This this fight's full of status effects. He can, he can make people bleed. He can make... Uh, and Sajima can make people stunned. It's um, It's rough. I don't remember if you told me this. I thought I had found a way to cheese it. Okay. By leaving one doppelganger alive with a sliver of life and then just going back to the real Majima. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get him down to the tiniest sliver so I can wipe both of them out in like one turn and then only have to fight Sajima by himself. Yeah, because if you leave him alone without his doppelgangers, he will summon them again. Oh, I, at one time I killed the doppelgangers and Sajima immediately stepped in and Majima still had like 60% of his health bar. Oh. And so I was like, oh shit, like if I can just keep wailing on him, I'm going to get him all the way down to zero basically before Sajima steps in. I won't have to fight him together. But I got him down to maybe 35 or 40% and then my, my hits just stopped doing damage. Yeah, yeah. So that, I, couldn't, I couldn't even cheese him. Yeah, you, you have to fight them both at the same time. And then Sajima comes in. So there's one thing about Majima. He is weak to fire. Um, and maybe electricity? I can't remember. Um, and Sajima comes in, and he is weak to nothing. Uh, he is he is a bear. 
he is. I mean, he did fight a bear one time. But, um, yeah. And so I was able to take down Majima. I, I beat him. And then the rest of the fight was just a battle of attrition between us and, and, and Sajima. Um, but I did have a trick up my sleeve. If you go to the pawn shop, the pawn shop has two. You can buy two of them. Rocket launchers. That does some damage, my friend. And I was able to whittle Majima, or not Majima, Sajima down to about half health with two shots. Wow. And that made that fight significantly easier. Um, but it still like wrecked my party. Like I was, uh, it was, it was a long fight. It was the hardest fight in the game so far. Not even close. No, not even close. But, uh, yeah, after beating the, the epic boss fight, um, our car shows up. He's like, that's enough. Everybody stop. And they both turn and they're like, He's with me. And Majima's like, what, what, you, you, you're saying these guys are on our side now? Wait a minute. <laughs> he gets kind of upset about it. He was, he was, he was looking forward to beating us more. But, um, that's when, uh, pretty much the, the, the entire, the entire hands being dealt here. They're, they're, they're showing it. Um, because our call was there, but then all of a sudden, out from some doorway, Daigo Dojima shows up. Yeah. The the sixth chairman of the Tojo clan. Quite the chapter for friendly faces. That's right. Or familiar faces at least. And um they they bring us in and they basically tell us everything that's going down. And basically what what ends up happening and what what the plan was all along, we just didn't realize it was that Arakawa knew that his son was going to try to take over everything, basically. So he went the legit route and became a politician. He's became a very successful politician. People love him. He has like 80% approval rating. And he thinks... He orchestrated this, but Arakawa was actually the one orchestrating it because he knew what his son was going to do. He was going to try to take over everything, take over the legit side as well as take over the corrupted side, the Yakuza. Arakawa will, will, will go to any kind of lengths to make sure that doesn't happen so far as to basically his plan is to dissolve the Yakuza. Both the Omni Alliance and the Tojo clan, gone. The end of the Yakuza. I would rather see the Yakuza end than end up in the hands of my corrupt politician son. And so that's what he's been doing this whole time. He's been orchestrating all of this, but making it seem like everything's falling into place for his son, Ryo Aoki. There's not a lot of love lost between those two. Definitely not. Um, our caller can basically tell how ruthless his son has become. And let me tell you, his son is ruthless. You'll find out in the next chapter. <laughs> 
Yes, but uh, time, I mean, it's quite the juxtaposition between the young master in the wheelchair and then Ryo Aoki now. And they they haven't really talked much about that transition, have they? Not particularly. Like why um, or what happened or what his real aspirations were. I mean, he comes off a little bit at the moment like cartoon villain. Like, oh, I'm just trying to take over the world. I just yeah. want to get. I just want to do everything. And this was this is the best way to have the maximum amount of power. And you know, I'm I'm, I'm navigating everything from behind the scenes. Like, yeah, I get all that. But what I don't really get is why or what he cares about, if anything. That's a good question, and I think we may only hear about that at the end of the game. I think I could be wrong. We have to hear his motivations. Why? Why is he doing this? Yeah, but we don't. And again, we don't really know. Might say it doesn't really matter, but I feel like this game is all about people's motivations. So I'd be shocked if it wasn't there. Yeah. And so they they basically detail everything that they're planning on doing. Start tomorrow. We are dissolving the Yakuza, and we're, you know, me being the head of the the only alliance, the head of the Tojo's here. Even though the Tojo's a shadow of its former self, we're going to dissolve it all. And all of this is to make sure that it doesn't fall in the wrong hands. So we have to be ready, because they're going to announce this at the, so. Arakawa is the acting chairman of the Omni Alliance. The, the the successor is actually getting out of prison right now. Um, and he, he's getting out the next day. And they're going to announce it when he comes out. So apparently they've been working with him too about it. Um, and I didn't know who they kept talking about. But when I saw him on the in the cutscene, I was like, oh, that guy. I remember him. He was in Yakuza 6, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. What, what was his name? Do you remember? Um, it's not Tendo. Tendo's the, the boxer. Tendo's the boxer. Yeah. I can't remember what his name is. But anyway, so he basically, um, we all meet at the Omni HQ. They're having a big to-do for the, the boss getting out of prison. He's going to officially take over the Omni Alliance um, and pass the torch, you know, that kind of thing. But when he comes out, everybody's there, including Ichi. And, of course, the Omni's like, why is this guy here and his little band of misfits they're like, don't worry about it. We're we're gonna see. You're gonna see a little bit later on. And Tendo's there. He's not happy about it either. Um. And then they make the announcement to pretty much all the Omni Alliance. We're disbanding. We're taking this document to the police, and we're gonna turn it into them. And you guys are going to be ex Yakuza. Well, this doesn't sit well with them at all. They're like, what are you talking about? And they want to start a fight. So we got Arakawa 
and Majima, Sajima, Ichiban and his band. And Tendo's like, well, if we're going to fight, I want to be on the winning side. So he joins us. And we're going to fight the rest of the Yakuza. So this begins, I would say, mini boss fight. We fight a bunch of guys. Um, and after one fight, we get another cutscene where they, uh, I think Majima loses his knife or there's a knife laying there and, um, a guy, one of the Yakuza guys grabs it and he's going to rush the stage that they're talking at and he's going to try and kill. I think he wasn't going for Arakawa. He was going for the Omni head, the guy we can't think of his name. Um, and Ichiban's trying to chase after him. He can't catch him. And he's about to stab him. And the guy gets punched right in the face. And uh, it cuts up from his fist going up to his his uh, his head. And who is it? It's none other than the fourth, ch- fourth chairman himself of the Tojo clan. Kiryu. Kazuma Kiryu standing right there. And I have to say, this was an epic moment. Yeah, really good. To, really good to have that cameo. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, is he gonna make a cameo in this? And sure enough, he did. Um, and I think that's the only time we'll see him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's he's like, I'm gonna. Fight. He's like, I, I guess I'll have to fight you guys. And of course, Majima looks. He's like, Oh, I knew you weren't gone. And of course, uh, I can't remember who asked it. Might have been Sajima. He's like, How'd you find him? And, uh, he's like, oh, that's just a bodyguard I have. I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, mm-hmm, right. No, no, that's the dragon. And, uh, so he joins in on the fight. We have another fight with a couple of guys, beat all the guys. And, uh, Casca's like worn out. He's laying there. He's like, oh God, this is crazy. Uh, Arakawa stops by and he's like, you just, you deserve a rest, man. You did good today. We're going to go turn this into the authorities and I'll talk to you later. They're walking out the door and the last one to leave the door is Kiryu himself. And he looks at Casca and he's like, you're going to do good kid. And then walks out. And I was like, that's, that's perfect. That's awesome. The one, the one thing I, I, I that weirded me out, that voice. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> this is not what I think Kiryu should sound like, but okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And I think, is that, is that the end of that chapter? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a long cut scene at the end of that chapter. Very long, very long. And that's chapter. 12. No. Was that chapter 12? No. Yeah. No, the end of chapter 12 is after we talk to Arakawa after everything's dissolved. Remember, we have the cutscene at the pier. Because we were going to go have uh, Peking Duck oh, yeah. with uh, yeah, yeah. with him. And he's like, I'm sorry, but I got to cancel. And because uh, he was going to go meet with the, the head of the Siryu clan. Um, Hoshino, is that his name? Hoshino, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Ichiban's like, it's cool, man. We can have Peking Duck anytime. He's like, so what are you going to do after this? He's like, I don't know. Retirement's uh, something I never thought I'd do. 
But, uh, you know, they have a good touching moment. Basically, he's like, look, I look at you like like you're my dad. And I think I want to be a part of the family. And he's like, Ichiban, there is no family anymore. Go out and be your own man. Stop trying to live live up to me or whatever my standards are. I don't have any standards anymore. Ichiban's got that way of like winning everyone over. Yeah. And uh, Arakawa uh, starts to tear up, and he's like, you know, I, I I've always kind of looked at you like a son too. So he leaves, and uh, Ichiban goes back to, I guess, survive bars where he's living. And as he's sleeping, he gets a phone call from Hoshino. And he's like, I guess it's a voicemail, but we hear it. And the voicemail, he says, uh, I uh, I need you to call me as soon as you can. Uh, they found our car's body in the, in the ocean today. And we cut to the next day. We see Ichiban rushing to... The, you know the the covered body you know how they always have it and he pulls the cover off and it's Arakawa and he's dead and he kind of loses it and like doesn't even apart. know what yeah it kind of falls apart doesn't doesn't even know what to think and uh he's kind of moping around for a while and the rest of his party members are like hey man you, you need to you know get out of this funk Arakawa wouldn't want this. And uh, Ichiban gets a phone call from Hoshino. And uh, Hoshino invites him to uh, the restaurant where they had the Peking duck. So uh, that way, maybe we can get some clues as to how this happened. So we go meet up with him. And he tells us that the we had our dinner. We talked he left I was even suggested I walk walk him back home he told him no he just wanted to take a nice walk by himself and he kind of blames himself he's like if I was with him he'd probably still be alive right now and so uh, Ichiban is like who would want him dead and of course Hoshino's like "It, it would have to be the Omni Alliance. They're still mad at him because they dissolved the the Yakuza. Had to be some of the, some of the loyalists that they have. So Ichiban's like, "Well, I'm going to find out. And I'm going to take him out. But I'm going to do it on my terms." Because Hoshino invites a guy in. I don't know why they do it this so symbolically. Invites a guy in. He uncovers the platter, and there's a gun there, and he's like take your revenge he's like yeah yeah and he's like i'm not going to use a gun to take my revenge i'm going to do it my way i'm going to do it the hero's way so he wants to bring people to justice so um after that i think is does hoshino suggest he run at this point i can't remember was at some point. I thought that was in chapter 13. Yeah. It might have been like the next day he calls him and meets him. And he's like, so I, I've got 
if you if you want to find out and you want to get close to the people who's responsible for this, you're going to need to get close to the politician that's running. Well, who's the politician that's running? Well, it's none other than the Bleach Japan guy. Kume. Uh, Kume. The one that everybody hates. <laughs> and so he would obviously know because he's still using the Omni Alliance as bodyguards and all that stuff. How do we get close to him? He's not going to have anything to do with us. Well, he would have to get close to you if you run against him. And Ichiban's like, you want me to run with him? Like, I'm a ex-con. How the heck are you going to have me run for him? And so he's like, well, here's your three million back. Go register. <laughs> so this is a very weird cutscene too, because they're like standing in the street talking and talking about the candidates and Ichiban's like, who did you, who did you find? And he's like, Oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't forget. I've been searching high and low. And then immediately they're like sitting in a cafe where it's Ichiban and Hoshino and Psycho. And then the other two are at the other table. But I don't know where those tables came from. It was such a weird, jarring cutscene for me. Because I'm like, they're, they're talking in the street. And then the conversation immediately picks up as if no time has passed. But now they're <laughs> somewhere else. Yeah. And I, I thought that's when he said, like, I have found out who, who should run, and it's you. Yeah. Sometimes the transitions don't uh, translate well. I couldn't actually tell if it was meant to be like the same sentence that he was continuing or if it was like they actually did go to a cafe and then just picked up the conversation later. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I don't know. There's some weird things about this because during cutscenes, I still watch the people in the background. If you watch the people in the background, they walk toward the camera and it's almost like they're like, oh, something's going on. I need to leave. And they turn around and just leave. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. I was watching one where there was a uh, a background person who was walking right to left, but was like up against a light pole and was just taking these long strides but not moving anywhere, <laughs> just you know, walking in place. It was uh, taking a step to the right, I think. Yeah, the the dragon engine at its best. It's pretty yeah. amazing, though. I'm, I'm actually still impressed sometimes by the engine. Um, I feel like there's not as many like super crowded streets as there were in Camarocho. Yeah, but there's definitely like one or two streets that are fully lined with bicycles, and you know, just knocking into them and having the whole line of bicycles fall over instead of absolutely nothing happening in the earlier Yakuza games. It's yeah. it's pretty impressive how much you can interact with and. Then, I remember being amazed by it in, in Yakuza 0, but that ability of occasionally when you go from, like, street view into, like, a business, and it, it the weirdest thing is that there's no issue with the camera. It'll just immediately transition to the right location and just kind of surprising sometimes how well that works, those transitions exterior to interior and... Sometimes even like the cutscenes into the actual gameplay. That's one thing I will give this studio is that their attention to detail is really good. Like even in the older Yakuza games, it was like, man, this is you know, it, it looks like a fully rendered 
you know, version of Tokyo. And it's it's really impressive. And graphically, I think Like a Dragon looks amazing. It does. Like the and and they totally like they totally redid all the cutscenes to make it match with the English voice actors. That, that's noticeable and just how good especially in the cutscenes some of the character models look. Like Sawashiro at, at the end of the last chapter we played, sometimes I'm just like looking at his face and I'm just like, damn, that is that is really high quality cutscenes, not just like I don't know, resolution or anything, but even just like the skin texture and yeah. the way it deforms when he's speaking, I'm just like, wow, that's that is impressive. Yeah. He is modeled perfectly. Like that like I, I feel like he is probably one of the best character models in the game. Like when he was having that cutscene which we, we can go, I guess we can go ahead and talk about, um, uh, basically the, the remnants of the army Alliance is, is kind of having a meeting and Shishiro's sitting there apologizing, or we think he's apologizing. And, uh, to the, to the, I guess some of the captains and lieutenants, I'm not sure exactly. Um, and, uh, he, he's basically saying, I'm going to take over. And they're like, well, who who made you boss? And he grabs that he grabs that dude by the head and lifts him up and slams him. <laughs> and like then, run, runs him into the wall. Yeah, he runs him into the wall and then gouges one of his eyes out. Uh, and, uh, and and the fact that they like they set that up for a few seconds before it happens. Yeah. Definitely like twinging, just thinking about it happening, and then it does happen. It's uh painful looking. Yeah. That that whole cutscene, I was just like, man, this is impressive. Like like the whole thing just looks fantastic. Yeah. And uh, that guy is very well acted. Like I I like his character a lot. He is a good villain. Yeah, exactly. He's been an asshole since the beginning of the game. And uh, yeah, he's he's basically going to take over or try to take over along with um. I can't ever think of the guy. The guy from the guy who talks like he's from the Bronx. <laughs> I can't think of what his <laughs> name is. <laughs> but Io, uh Ioshino or Ioshino? No, it's uh Ishioda. Ishioda, yeah. The the guy with the, the wrecking ball at the beginning. Yep. Yep. And the long yeah. hair. The long hair guy. But uh yeah, so that that's what's happening in the background there. Um, but in the meantime, Ichiban's running for, for what is it he's running for exactly? Uh, is it, it's a good question. I wasn't sure if it was like, not mayor, not, not that level, right? I think so. It could be, I don't know, but, um. Yeah, so he's, he's he's desperately trying to get in contact with Kume, who's also running, and they have a few meetings back and forth where like they have their own van, and he's he's having a debate via vans, um, and um, we have to fight some of his bodyguards who are obviously on the alliance, and there's a couple of times where we have to meet up with him, so we go in and we finally are able to shake his hand and we're like, we're going to go talk for a minute. But Jungi Han comes in and he's like, there's an issue. He's like, what's, what's the issue? Somebody is actively 
trying to kill Hoshino, the leader of the Siryu clan. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, right now. This is happening right now. My my sources have told me this. Okay, so we have to put that on the back burner. Got to go to the Siryu clan headquarters. And um, in between that, so I should say before that, we got a cutscene with Shoshino and Ryo Aoki, the the mayor, her governor. Excuse me, the governor. Looks like and, what, uh, what he's running for is just a, a representative seat. Gotcha. In in government to represent the the district that they're from. Gotcha. Anagawa district. Um, but the cutscene, um, Rio Aoki's basically tearing Shoshino a new one. Shoshino's like, like I've got this covered. I'm gonna take over the 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 new only alliance. And he's like. What makes you think you're even qualified for that? And he's like, it's that's you're not going to run anything. And he's like, so if you want to prove your loyalty to me, this man needs to be dead in the next 24 hours. And he hands him a piece of paper, so we don't see who it is, but we figure it out because we just talked about it. <laughs> um, he was sent to kill the Siryu clan leader. Um, we go and fight the uh, some of the new Omi Alliance guys and um, make it up to the top level. We bust in. Hoshino's there at his desk, shot dead. And we're like, we're too late. Hoshino's sitting there with the gun he's like why would you do this he's like I was ordered to by Rio Aoki and he wants answers Kasuka's like alright whatever we're done we're done with this you need to pay for your crimes I bet you had something to do with Arakawa too didn't you he's like maybe I did maybe I didn't but it doesn't matter because you're going to be dead real soon. So we have a boss fight with him. I think it would have been hard had I not been... Power so leveling. <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing we didn't really get into. And something that I want to talk about. Because obviously we're playing a video game. We're just talking about the story. But Matt and I both did a lot of leveling. I did some other things too. Um... So I changed out some party members. And the reason why is because I was, I watched, and so I did not spoil anything for myself, but I did watch uh, one of the Games Done Quick events. There was a professional speedrunner who does all the Yakuza games, and he sped run this game. And I watched it to the point where he got to the Majima Sajima fight. And I learned a lot from watching him. The first thing I learned was it doesn't really matter what your level is. Because the fun thing about this game is that there is zero level requirements for any type of gear. So technically, if you can get the best weapon in the game, you can equip it right away. And be really overpowered. And 
gear is the most important thing. The other thing that is important is using the right characters and the right class. And the big thing that he used throughout was obviously he had to use Kasuga. Can't pull him out of the party. Adachi as an enforcer because he has one of the best attacks in the game, which is the paralysis prong attack. He then used Jungi Han as the hitman class because he has one of the best single target damage dealing abilities in the game. It's called Head Trauma. Head Trauma only costs 7 mana. Wow. So, so what, what you kind can, of damage are, are you using him? What kind of damage are you getting out of that? Uh, with Head Trauma, it's a X mash X a bunch of times to, to do extra damage. Currently, right now, if I do Head Trauma on an enemy, the first grab will do about 400 hit points. And then he'll punch them in the face probably about five or six times. Those hits will probably do 70 to 90 damage. And then he slams them on the ground. And that does usually around about... It depends on if it's a critical. But do round about probably about 250. So So I'm looking at a... a A little bit more than a thousand. I'd say probably more like around 1400 damage. Um, and I have I have the best, but aside from upgrading, so you can upgrade uh, weapons. But I have the best weapons that you can just find in the game for him, which is the Dragon Knuckles. Um, also, I gave him some really good boots. So many times he'll get two turns before an enemy goes. Oh, that's cool. The other character that they used is Aerie. So I enjoyed Aerie for most of this game, actually, so far. In the speed run, they actually do the business management stuff enough to get Aerie because Aerie, as the speedrunner says, is the best character in the game. And there's a reason why. She has very fast agility, so she's usually one of the first people to go. And they switch her class to the dealer class. The dealer, I can't remember what level they learn it at. The dealer learns a very early skill called dart airstrike. Where she takes darts and throws them into the air. And it's guaranteed to hit three times. Now, it's a random. So if there's three enemies on the field, each enemy is going to get hit once. If it's only one person on the field, they get hit three times. And if there's more than three, it will choose three random people to attack. So you've got a multi-hit ability that can hit multiple enemies, guaranteed. There's no there's no missing to this ability. And let's say there's only... If I'm fighting a boss, right? Like so Shashiro... If I throw the darts in the air, each dart's going to do about 300 damage. That's not bad. (laughs) That's not bad either. So that's what I did. I enjoyed her mostly for the the thumbtack attack. Yeah. Because, I mean, most of the time, you know, it's interesting though, because I, 
One of my favorite things that I, I picked up ended up being the the little totem that you get that prevents you from having to do any street fights. Right. Um but up until I got to the to the arena and I was just because I, I probably wasted a lot of time trying to level just by roaming around and doing street fights and going from uh, essentially from one shop to the next. And as soon as, as soon as I had enough money, I'd go to the next shop. And I just spent a lot of time just kind of roaming around, you know, casually grinding as opposed to the arena where I was like focused and I was 100% only grinding. Her attack, her first ability to, so she would always start off every fight because she was, she had such high agility. And then the fact that she could use the thumbtack attack and hit every single enemy basically two or three times. So I, you'd almost be getting like 15 hits to start off a fight. Just crazy. Yeah, no, she that that attack was really good. In fact, they used it a few times for the speed run, but once they were able to change her to the dealer, um, you can craft. I can't remember what they're called, but they're cards. That's that's the the um, weapon playing cards, for the, yeah. yeah playing cards. I think they're called the death cards or bleed cards. I can't remember what they're called, but um, I crafted those and it brought her damage up significantly. And then the big thing to prioritize with her is boosting her magic because the dart airstrike is a magic attack. And it's also considered gun. So it's, it's like projectile attack. And there's a lot of enemies in the game that are weak to guns. That's awesome. So, so I learned a lot from watching the speed run. And currently right now my roster does not contain a healer. Because the name of the game is to out DPS the enemy. And that's what I'm doing. That seems so wild to me in this game not to have a healer. Yep. And now, don't get me wrong, I did a lot of grinding. Because when I switched Aerie to dealer, she was at rank 1. So I went back to the Sotenbori Battle Arena, which is where I did all my grinding. I beat the arena... And you can choose to start at level 26 and go to level 30 because it ends at level 30. I got to the point where level 26 to 30, I could beat in about six minutes. And each time you do that, you're almost guaranteed a rank up, if not a level up. On top of that, you earn 1,800 or eight, no, 1.8 million yen each time you do a run, which means I was then using that money to go level up the work, the workshop and then craft better gear for my teammates. Now, Adachi currently has the best weapon out of the whole party because I've got his, his riot shield. I can't remember. I think it's called riot shield. I can't remember what it is, but I've got his to the the second to last level up. And so he's, so with the paralysis prongs, he's doing probably around 1800 damage every time I do it. And also sometimes procs paralysis against enemies. I wonder if that one's better. I was using the riot shield for ages, but 
I I when, once I upgraded the workshop, I ended up crafting like the the golden shield. Right. Which I assumed was better than the riot shield because I don't think it unlocked until I got to level two of the workshop. So I I think I'm not usually doing that much damage. I think I'm only usually doing about fifteen hundred. Um, he, yeah, so the gold, I've made the golden shield as well, but after, after doing more of the workshop stuff, the shield, God, what's it called? Let me see if I can find it here. I've got it up here. Uh, Enforcer special ops riot shield is what it's called. Oh, that's a different and, one. Okay. Yeah. You make it from the bulletproof shield. So the bulletproof shield, you will eventually turn into the special ops riot shield. And then you can do an EX version of it and then an EX EX version of it. I currently have the EX version. So how many times did you, it's all just leveling it up? Yeah, it's just crafting it up. Um, like, you know, you can then turn it into something else. So it goes from bulletproof shield to bulletproof shield plus one to special ops riot shield to special ops riot shield EX that way. I thought I had it at bulletproof shield plus two. It may be plus that, two then, okay. then to that. I can't remember. Okay. That's, that's where I had it at when I switched to the, to the golden shield. Yeah, I wonder how much I would need to to go back and level it up. It's always funny in games when they do that. They're like, "Here's all this new shiny gear, but if you put in all the time on your base wooden sword, you could get it all the way to the max." Yeah, and that's the best game, best one in the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently with Ichiban. I'm currently using the bat, the dragon bat, that uh, every time he attacks, it does area of effect damage. Yeah, I, I read that in the description, and I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome." And then I feel like every fight I had for the next two hours of game was like a boss fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or I was using some other attack by him, so I'm like, I never actually saw the area of effect attack for a while. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yep. Nah, this, there's a lot in this game, dude. <laughs> Not almost everybody, well, two or three people with the dragon boots. It's interesting in the arena how, you know, you, you get that prize for winning each level of the arena which is good but yeah. then you also have the bonus one which i felt like usually wasn't as good but there's also the fact that you can get it over and over again that's right you get it every i have time you every party missions. member every party member i have has dragon boots on <laughs> nice i think i've got With one the, or two that I still don't there, there's an exception Aerie does not. Aerie has the magician's boots or something like that. Mystical boots. Because oh, yeah. it ups it ups her magic. So that way her dart airstrike does a lot more damage. I actually I think there's still two things I need to get out of the battle arena, which are the bonus items from the last two levels, twenty nine and thirty. Yeah, I didn't get all the bonus items. Uh I think I wasn't able to get the last one I know. Dragon um, helmet, right? Yeah, that's the helmet. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I've got a few people with Viking helmets. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. so still boss more to get there. So especially if uh, I need to get multiple millions more, then I guess 
I still have a few more chances to get that helmet. Yeah, I mean, eventually you'll get you'll, you'll over DPS to the point where you're just running over guys. What you have to do, I think, in those last couple of uh, arena levels, because you have to win in like five moves or seven moves. Yeah, seven moves for the last one. Yeah, um, back to the story, uh, the boss fight with Shoshino. Um, like I said, I don't think it was particularly difficult. He did, for some reason, he decided to target just Jungi Han. I guess because Jungi Han was was uh, mashing on his head. Uh, so he he defeated Jungi Han. I had to bring in Psycho which was fine because I could just throw out healing stuff because I was still doing a lot of damage with Adachi and, uh, and Aerie. Um, but he, he wasn't that difficult of a fight. I was thinking, oh, this is actually easier than I thought. At this point, I'm level like 53. 53 or 54, I can't remember. But um, beat him, and we have a very long cutscene. Uh, and he basically talks about a lot of things a lot of historical things yes so first did you kill Arakawa no I was asked to but I refused who asked you to do it Rio Alki the young master okay why did you not do it and he's like I've never told anybody this but I'll tell you it all has to do with many years ago when I was just a kid I met this girl I struggled she got pregnant I didn't want the kid so I made her get rid of it so what did we do we took the kid to a coin locker and we put the kid in there and we walked away coincidence from the beginning of the game right and I'm thinking wait a minute so is that does that mean what I think it means and he's like well we had a we had a change of heart or my wife or girlfriend did and we went back to get the baby but by the time we got there, we saw Arakawa, who I didn't know at the time, uh, punching the door. And he got the child and ran off with it. And we were thinking, well, this is great. We didn't want the kid. Now he's going to a good family. Screw it. And we sat around. And then all of a sudden, this other group of people come. And they're looking for a baby in a coin locker. And literally the one next to it. Lockers number 99 and 100. Yeah, 99 and 100 had a baby in it too. And this baby, the man took. And I'm pretty sure it was the guy who ran the soap land at Shangri-La. Like, so you're telling me. That Rio Alki is not Arakawa's child. It's your child. Yes. And that means that the baby that went to Shangri-La 
which was where I was born, was me. Yes. So you're saying that I am Arakawa's son. Yes. What? Arakawa himself does not know this. And Arakawa is now dead. Uh, I'm just thinking, when I saw that, I was like, what? Like, I've seen some ridiculous stuff in Yakuza. We all have. Yep. This takes the cake. Yeah, this is pretty ridiculous. I mean, it just so happens that two babies locked in coin lockers. How often are babies born on the same day? Then are put in coin lockers. Then grow up separately. Then meet each other and become part of a Yakuza family. <laughs> Without knowing each other. Something's fishy. Yeah. But I don't think that, I think that's just it. I think it's supposed to be a coincidence. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> big one. I Although I, I think the funniest thing for me in this whole set of cutscenes is Sawashiro saying, I don't even remember the girl's name. I don't know if you caught that. Like he's like, yeah, I was dating a girl at the time. I don't even remember her name. And so I'm yeah. like, oh, they must not have been together very long. And he's like, well, then we lived together for ages and we had a baby together. I'm like, you don't remember her name? Yeah, right. Right. I, 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 that, I <laughs> this was not a girl you dated for a week. No, 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 no. This is I. I yeah. No. no you, child. <laughs> oh, I mean, lived lived with her for what seemed like years years yeah yeah he said he met her when he was 15 and it looks like he was in his 20s during the the coin locker baby stuff he doesn't even remember her name oh it's I, just I, so I, ridiculous I to me yeah it, it, I mean yeah this one I was just like what okay what <laughs> but uh I mean, I, I guess they were going for a twist. Yeah, yeah, like but you usually... didn't see this coming. I'm like, well, no, I didn't because it's ridiculous. Nope. <laughs> nobody did. Nobody did. I don't even think the writers saw this coming. I think I think somebody just spitballed this idea, and they're like, "What? That's crazy! So crazy! Well, it might that's just, just work. so crazy! It might work." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's what happened. Um Shishiro's like, so you can go ahead and kill me now. And he's like, I wouldn't plan on leaving this place anyway. This was a suicide mission. And he's like, no, we're not going to kill you. We're going to do this the right way. And so they have him arrested. And he is taken off in the paddy wagon. You know, like the other comments here are exactly what I would expect in the Yakuza game. Like, oh, he went into this fight like... He knew he wasn't going to kill him, and he just wanted, you know, y- you to get justice. Yeah. Well, yeah, he turned himself in. Like So, Junki Han got his little tip. Well, the tip actually came from Shishiro. And he was, he was basically saying, I want you to come and stop me. But, as he said at the beginning, when we bust down the door and we see him dead, he's like, you were late. You're always late. You always have been. 
and the little gilt on top of him. So the only thing we got to go on, Shishiro said it, was that, so if you didn't kill Arakawa, who did? He's like, the only person I can think of is Brock's man. Yoda. Yeah. So that's where we're off to next, I guess. That's the That was the end of the chapter. Gonna get revenge on art in our own terms, I guess. Interesting the way they name the chapters, right? Like you start chapter 12, which took me two and a half weeks to finish that one chapter, but the name of the chapter is End of the Yakuza. Yep. Right, and you, you know, it's pretty intense. And then the name of chapter 13 is Coin Locker Baby. Mm-hmm. And then they end it with like 30 or 40 minutes of cutscenes, it feels like. Like, yeah, you get a, you get quite the story about the Coin Locker Baby. Mm-hmm. And the next one's called Passing the Torch. And I don't know what the final chapter is. The Ending. <laughs> yeah. The end. The end. But um, we do have an email. Comes in from Jamie. It says, uh, hi guys. So I've fallen off the wagon a bit on Yakuza. Everything was going fine until I went on vacation. Then when I got home, I ended up going on a work trip. So the timing just hasn't worked out so far. I can say that when I was playing it, I was really enjoying it. I know you all had to do quite a bit of grinding, and hearing that kind of puts me off of the game a bit. But I will keep playing. I just likely won't finish it anytime soon. I can't remember where I left off, but I had only just started being able to make or repair my weapons. I found it hilarious that so far the best weapon I have for Ichiban is a, mas- a massive massage machine. Uh, he's had it for ages and I can't seem to find anything better, which I suppose checks out. I also got my first new character in a while and she seems pretty great. Didn't think I'd like the characters in this game, but I really do. I'm hoping that I get more time to play, maybe if I take some days off over spring break. But either way, thanks for the suggestion because I have a ton of fun playing it. Looking forward to the next game I can play. Hopefully the timing works out a bit better. Well, I'm glad that you're enjoying the game. Um, it's it's definitely not traditional. Um, pretty consistently fun game, I would say. And I... I really thought Chapter 12 was going to be the end of my enjoyment of this game because I almost never enjoy battle arenas in games. Sure. Like, I feel like everything comes to a halt and you're just doing the same thing over and over again. But this, I don't know. I don't know what it was that was different about it. Maybe it was the fact that I could make it all the way through. The fact that I right. finished it. I'm like, wow, this this was a mountain, but I climbed it. Yeah. Um, or the fact that you get so much out of it, like you get regular rewards, bonus rewards, you're getting new good weapons, like feels like every other level. Yep. Plus you're getting a, a ton of cash that you can go do other things with. So I felt like there was one point where I think the first time I played it, I got to about only maybe level 16 or 17. 
and I think I got beat once, and so I just kind of stopped. I'm like, all right, well, I know I can beat the first bunch of levels, so I'll just keep replaying those for a while. Um, but I never felt like I hit a wall there, which is funny, because the only reason I'm playing it is because I hit a wall elsewhere in the game. But that also I take as a positive, because I have an outlet. It's not like I've hit a wall and I just can't, there's nothing I can do. So, and, and the jump in XP that you get there is huge. Because before that, like I said, I was kind of wasting a lot of time grinding just by wandering the streets. And a lot of those fights were only getting me two or three or four thousand XP, maybe. Yeah. And then you immediately get into these fights. And even at the lower levels, you're getting 20 or 30,000 per fight. So, you know, a 10x speed increase in leveling is huge and then by the time you get to the end of this you know a bunch of those last fights you get 60 or 70 thousand XP yeah. so it's just wild how effective this is at leveling up yeah I think it was fast I mean I spent many hours with it but I felt like they were relatively rewarding hours for the fact that I was just doing a battle arena and so, like, what I thought yeah. was going to be, like, the least favorite part of the game, like, this is it, I don't like it anymore, how ridiculous that they would put such a brick wall of progress in the game, but it turned out I just ended up doing something else for a few hours, and it wasn't really any less enjoyable than what I was doing before, and then I'm back to the story, so, uh, surprisingly, not terrible. Yeah, I think that's that's the big thing, was I was fearing the the difficulty spike and being stuck but they opened up things that i felt like i could do you know i was actually surprised like so when, when i was playing it and grinding the, the the battle arena and i made it to level 30 and i beat the guys there and i got the achievement saying you beat the battle arena i'm like oh well, this is the end of it okay well i actually can do this this all right so and, and it was like it, it made you feel like you were progressing. Even though you weren't progressing in the story, you were progressing by getting money, getting experience points. Um, and I was like, all right. So they, they kind of cushioned it a little bit by by making you feel like you're still progressing and getting why, stronger. Why do you think they did that, though? That's because, a good question. Because they easily could have not... like You don't even need the battle arena if you hadn't had the wall there. Do you think they just did it to add content, or do you think they did it so that you would spend the time, get more weapons, and feel the upgradeability? Or do you think they wanted Majima and Sajima, that fight, to feel special? I think that's what it is. I think they you can't take two of your main characters from the original Yakuza series and make them a, a pushover boss fight. You have to work to beat those guys. I mean, those, those are like, the... like every other game, they're unbeatable. And now all of a sudden, anybody could beat them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like They're legends. They're legends in the Yakuza series. So, yeah, we we got to make this a hard boss fight. I think, honestly, I think that was probably what it was. I feel like they were obligated to make it that way. And I, and, and I think the bonus was you're, you, you're getting this feeling of, of getting stronger, too. So... I think that's what ended up happening because, I mean, if they'd made Majima a pushover, you're like, oh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, Majima's not a pushover. I kicked the ass in Yakuza 0 with him. To my mind, I feel like they also said, 
we can't have a game here without a battle arena. <laughs> this is true, too. place to put a battle arena? Yeah. You know how we love it. So there, there is another battle arena. What's there really? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it has 100 levels. And it's in Camarocho. Which I think is where we're going next. So, I, I I know that there's another battle arena. And you know where it's at. The underground? No. What's the other staple in, in the uh, Yakuza series? Um, the gambling area? No. Almost every Yakuza game ends in this area. Tower? The Millennium Tower. (laughs) So yeah, there's another one you can do. There's so much in this game. I did a good amount of the the part-time hero stuff. I did, apparently, I've already done 30 uh, sub-stories. Like, I've done a lot in this game done a lot of the part-time hero fights. I haven't done too many sub-stories. Well, I've started a lot of sub-stories. Yeah. And I feel like then they give me a break halfway through. I'm like, alright, I'll get back to this later. And then I just never do. Also, if you get Mr. Masochist, his his Poundmate ability is insane. So, he doesn't attack anybody. He makes your characters damn near invulnerable for like two or three turns. Do more damage as well. I don't think about doing more damage. I think they just can't take much damage. So, but yeah. So I also did the management mini game quite a bit more as well. Yeah, I did a good amount of that just to get a little bit of cash. I think I'm at level eighteen. I'm down to like level eighteen. Right, eighteenth rank. I can't remember where I'm at. They had a they had a big cutoff at twenty. Yeah, they brought in another one of the 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 evil uh, corporation people. So I think I still have another one, probably at level ten. That's and what I'm then, thinking too. And then they said the mastermind comes out at the end. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I haven't so, done any of the uh, the Mario Kart stuff. No, oh, I, I saw those guys up there, but I haven't done anything with it. Yeah. I actually got a little bit stuck. There was a part-time hero icon up in that park area. And it looks like it was centered on the bathroom, and there's a guy in the bathroom, but I can't seem to interact with him. Yeah, you had to get him toilet paper. Uh, but there's only, like, one place you can get toilet paper. It's not toilet paper. It's, like, um, like the tissues you have to get tissues for him, and I think there's only like one place you can get them. And I'm like, I'm not walking all over there. To this point, at the point, at this point in the game, I am taking taxis everywhere. I am now quite a bit, quite a bit. Yeah. So. The only thing I need to find is a bonsai tree. What for? For the girl at the upgrade shop. 
Oh, you trying to you trying to woo her, are you? I guess in some capacity, I wasn't sure if it was going to get me a better price in the for the upgrades or <laughs> do something. I don't know. I figured that seems to be because I actually like ran out of places to buy weapons and stuff. So I'm like, all right, I need some place to sink my money. And since that next level upgrade for the shop is like 20 million, I'm like, I guess this is where I'm going to be coming back to quite a lot for for future upgrades. That is where you get the best weapons in the game. Um, but there is a store that will open up later. I know there's a store in Camarocho. Whenever you go to Camarocho, which I'm guessing is in this chapter coming up or the last chapter, where you can purchase the best non-upgradable weapons. Oh, nice. So like the Dragon Bat that does the area of effect damage, I think you can buy it at that store. But... I think it costs like 20 million yen. They're very expensive. So, there's just a lot in this game. I mean, obviously, we've been playing it for, what, two months now? Like I said, I'm over 40 hours in. Like, this is a, this is quite the commitment. <laughs> yeah. But I'm having a good time with it. That's the thing. Yeah, me too. And they've had, they've had like, you know, seeing Majima having Kiryu show up at the last second. I it's like it's got style, man. This game's awesome. Like I, I I'm thoroughly enjoying this game. Still loving the combat, I'm loving the story, I'm loving the characters. Yeah. The characters I will say blow anything out of the any other Yakuza game out of the water. Like the story may not be number one. I still I still think Yakuza Zero has the best story. But the characters in this game are bar none. So, and I haven't even really, I've explored a little bit. So I've got a Dachi all the way up to the the friendship level. And but, I, do, I do enjoy those two. I've spent, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm all the way up with everybody or maybe even anybody. But I have spent a fair amount of time going back to the survive bar. And it's funny because... Every time I go in there, it's not like I go in and do one, and then a couple hours later I go back and I do another. I do them all at the same time. I I, I don't know. I assume that's what most people would do because you happen to be there. Why not just Why not just do all the side stories at once? But it ends up feeling a little bit to me like a sitcom. It's yeah. almost like you're you, you got Norm at the end of the bar. And you just sit down and like, oh, what's what's the problem today, Norm? And, then, and, you know, and you start getting all their life stories, which is funny because they're at the bar drinking. And you're like, oh, this is what happens at the bar. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I found it to be weirdly comical to do all those things while sitting around the bar at Survivor. Yeah. So, I learned a little bit about Junji Han. Um, I don't know if you've done any of his stuff. First one. Um, the first one. So, he mentions that he was the kind of like the, the the body double for the actual Junji Han. And he's like, oh, and, this is all plastic surgery. But I, don't worry, I was also very attractive before. <laughs> yeah. But if you continue on with that, you start to you start to maybe think that the Jun Gihan that was killed in Yakuza 6 was actually the body double. And you're actually with the the original leader of the Gomiju. Or not Gomiju, but the... Um, what was it called? The... Jingwa Mafia. 
he never comes out and admits it, but he's like, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the body double. Don't worry. He's like, yeah, but that don't make any sense. And he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> so I think, I think he's actually the one. <laughs> uh, it's really good. Like the, like doing, doing the, the friendship stuff at survive bar is really good. They did a really good job with the characters and stuff. But, but that's it. We've, uh, we've made it to chapter 14. We've got two more chapters to go. We're going to finish it on the next week or at least attempt to, I think we will though. Yeah. But, uh, thank you for those emails, Jamie. Um, and anybody else out there who wants to send an email, it is drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can also tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But uh, that's going to be it for us. Thank you all for listening. And uh, until next time, I'm Drew. And I'm Matt. And we are out of here. You guys have a wonderful week. And we'll be back next week with the conclusion to Yakuza Like a Dragon. 